0: Welcome to Add the Counter, the show that takes the conversations had at the counter of your local comic book store and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Entea
1: And I'm Christian Kenty.
0: We're coming to you from the Frugal Dutchman, a kind of nerdvana here in lovely Ridgeway, Ontario. It's a comic book, action figure, gaming, antique, and all-around nifty store. I'm a random customer who's a big nerd from way back. And I'm the store owner. And we've been having these conversations for years with other people dropping in and out to add points, and we've decided to share them with you. So take a trip with us down the nerdy rabbit hole to overhear the conversations that happen at
1: At the the counter. counter. So I'm going to say this once and only once. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is SpoilerCast, our
0: at-the-counter spoiler cast. We've just come back from seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife.
1: And we won't talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I don't remember. a thing. No. (laughs) It was great, but I don't remember.
0: We we, we can't talk yet. Hang on. We got one thing I got to do first. All right. We're good to go. So, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters, we're going to call
1: it three. I think three is an apt term for it. I I don't think you can call the Ladybusters the a part of the official trilogy I kind of have to treat here. I think we're gonna have to treat uh
0: 2014 Ghostbusters enter the call as
1: uh, a different universe out of universe makes a lot of sense for that and that's okay and we can be all right with it we're gonna be all right with it being the new ghostbuster
0: thought pattern in a different universe because <clears throat> it does not tie in other than the occasional actor. No
1: tie-in with the first two movies whatsoever. But the actors who showed up in it too are are still even supplementary. They're not playing their characters. Yeah, they're not the same same characters. And so it actually fits quite well in that that explanation. So that's what we're going to stick with as far as canon goes. Um,
0: So as far as Ghostbusters uh, universe goes, as in we'll call it Universe 616 for lack of a better term. Those of you who get the joke, (laughs) there you go. Uh, But let's say Universe Prime of Ghostbusters uh, has, I'm going to qualify it as four uh, story forays into it. We've got Ghostbusters 1, Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters 2, Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters 2.5, which is the video game. And Ghostbusters 3,
1: which is Afterlife. Yeah. So as
0: long as we're all on the same page about that,
1: we're all right. Yeah. And that's where we come at it from. If you don't like it, well, that's okay. You don't have to like what we say. You're listening anyway. And once again, we are talking
0: spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, press pause. Turn this off. <laughs> Turn it off. Run out and see the movie. Then come back and get our take on this amazing film. I'm not spoiling it yet. It's just an amazing film.
1: The reason we give you the warning is so that you can appropriately yell at the screen or yell at your headphones and tell us we're wrong while you're listening. With all the information. We want to make sure you have all the information. To tell us we're wrong. Uh, from that, let's uh, jump on in. All right. What can we say Where about the opening?
0: Where do you start? Well, at the beginning, the I beginning. suppose. Um, they did a really really good job of
1: paying homage to uh, to Harold Ramis. And I, I feel like throughout the film itself, this just ended up being, in, in the best way possible, uh, that angle, that homage to Harold Ramis and being like, we really wish he could have been here to do this one. We know he would have jumped in. absolutely part of it and so let's make him a part of it without making him a part of it well they make him a part of it and he is probably Mm. one of the biggest parts yeah they centered around a character they literally could not use and Uh, the fact (laughs) that he happened to
0: have died in real life meant they had some liberties they could take and didn't have to do i think they could have made the exact same movie if he was alive yeah without any trouble whatsoever, but the fact that he had passed gives a little more poignancy, a little more love for the hardcore fans. And I
1: think they did a really, like, <clears throat> I could hear you oohing and along uh, beside me about how well they did his CGI, uh, and, yeah. and I agree. And I, I think that they made the right decision in not having him say a word. Right. Um, yeah. You know, they didn't try to modulate his voice at all, and, and I think that's the right choice. It, it was so much more impactful. Well, we're getting way,
0: way, way ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. here. So let's pull it back to the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, it starts off with a bang, and there are so many nods back to the original movie. It's not even funny. Yeah. Like the, I, I was really kind of shocked not to see a painting of Vigo somewhere.
1: Well, and I, I, I mean- might have missed it though. I think that's like the big the big play on correcting what wasn't done well in the second one, right? Because I know the, the second part of the story is not most people's favorites. And to me, there's things you can pick out of it that are all right. But as a whole, it's not a great piece of film. And so being able to kind of walk past that and say, all right, we're going to kind of come back around to focusing on Bringing full circle what the original story had in it, and kind of resolving into that a little bit, or leaning into it more, um, because there's even you know I, I love the way they leaned into the possibilities of what's coming next with yes. the the uh, uh, the dates on the wall, and we okay. have to go back and figure out what that next date is. <laughs> All right, so again,
0: there. we're getting here. So <laughs> so we start off the movie. Scene opens um, mm. is. A man driving hell bent for leather out of Shandor Mines. Uh, if you are don't know what Shandor Mines is, that's okay. They explain it later in the movie. But those of you who are a little more <laughs> giant nerds, for lack of a better term, like myself, uh, you will have remembered that Evo Shandor was the one who the architect who built the apartment building that Dana Barrett lived in. And made it with Selenium Core. Um Selenium core girders. Yeah. So the whole thing became a giant antenna conduit to the other side. Uh, Shandor mine, you may surmise, and I did, and it turned out I was correct, mm-hmm. is where they had pulled all that selenium out of to make the yeah. uh, the the girders and the and the the uh, the apartment building as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so he's going hellbent for leather, he gets to the end of the uh, Gets the car flipped, manages to get out, runs to the end, gets to the house, turns on his big failsafe, and it Mm. fails. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Spengler, who you pretty much know by now, uh, you never really see his face, just sort of his body moving around, which was perfect. Uh, He ends up getting killed by one of the that uh, either Gozer or either Zool or um, Vince Clortho. Yeah. Uh You're not sure which one it is. But as a nice homage to the original movie, he gets killed by the scaly arms coming out of the armchair that he's sitting in.
1: Yeah.
0: However, he has a full trap that he's hidden somewhere, hidden away, and the other, it was being used as bait to capture the other of the key master or gatekeeper, whichever one he didn't have, to prevent the apocalypse. Well, he gets killed. They -hmm. don't find the trap. So we pull out to his granddaughter, his daughter, and his grandson.
1: And I don't work. think they really say where they are. They don't really say where they are. I'm it's not
0: important to the story as a whole. No, it's because they, they basically right. are there for five minutes and then get <clears throat> evicted because they're not good with money and haven't been able to pay their rent. And they get evicted just after they find out uh, Egon has died and left them everything.
1: Yeah.
0: So they move to this little town, which could have literally been called Smallville.
1: Yeah. Do
0: you remember the name of the town? uh somerville somerville that's correct yeah so they moved to the little town somerville middle of nowhere oklahoma Oklahoma, like in the middle of the badlands just this little town that used to be a mining town because it was basically built by shandor to do the mining and since the mines closed it's like many 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 other Towns in uh, in America that is just kind of barely holding on subsistence right well, now. Well, they
1: make that they make that joke really early on too about you know Somerville has this this problem of having more dead residents than living ones, yeah. <laughs> which is fairly true. That's, that's actually... mean, it's true of more places than I think we realize. You know, than you really think about it. But that's fair.
0: <laughs> so the granddaughter's pretty nerdy not terribly well-adjusted socially, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a genius tinkerer, much like her grandfather, unbeknownst to her, because Egon just dropped off the face of the planet as far as his daughter, his wife, and his grandkids were concerned. They just... He just disappeared. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Nobody knows why. She didn't even know where he was. The, The daughter didn't even know where he was until the news of his death came in. And, of course, his death was ruled a heart attack. Oh, of course. Which we all know would not have happened. Because he was scared to death by or killed by a ghost. So there's no physical marks pertaining to the ghostly murdering. So, uh, they drive up to his farm, for lack of a better word. And he... Uh, as you first pull in, there's a quotation from the book of revelations about the end of the world is coming and everyone in town calls him the dirt farmer because he just, he farms, he tills, he does all kinds of things up there, but never grows anything. He works the land, but never grows, anything. never grows anything. So everybody just calls him the dirt farmer. As a matter of fact, he just has dirt written on his, um, on, the side, on the, the side of his barn because he's a dirt farmer. Uh doesn't really mix with the town folk other than potentially the only one he would have any kind of a working relationship, let's call it that, is the guy who owns the hardware store cuz he bought a butt ton of weird stuff from the hardware store <laughs> because buys
1: a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, cuz he's
0: egon and uh the daughter realizes that she's getting evicted, so they just move to Somerville because there's a free house there. Which is a great way
1: to blindside your kids. Too. Yeah, a, by the way, we're both true. here for like a week. Uh, uh, maybe a little longer. longer indefinitely. So
0: they, uh, they enroll in school, and the science teacher, who's played by Paul Rudd, which was a surprise to Christian for some reason.
1: I wasn't paying enough attention. He was all, the
0: all over the trailers. trailers, but apparently a big surprise to Christian. Uh, he is, turns out, a really crappy teacher. Well, he might have been a good teacher in a school that wanted to learn, but the kids in the school are kind of there because they have no choice. Yeah. And they really don't care, and they don't want to learn, and they don't want to do anything. So he just puts horror movies on in his science class and goes and works on stuff himself.
1: Well, and on top of that, it's summer school, too. So <laughs> the kids, oh, it's, it's, summer school? Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, so like, not only is it a school that doesn't care, <laughs> it's a summer school of kids that don't care. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that why does the kid be going to school? Is what else is she gonna do? I suppose. That's, I mean, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to go somewhere where she could learn. That's. I I thought about that too. I'm like, she'd be in summer school, but it's because what else do you do with her, right? And and before we
0: go much further, let me just say, the actress they had. Playing uh young Egon's uh granddaughter.
1: Uh Phoebe. Phoebe uh, is McKenna name, Grace.
0: McKenna Grace. She is from Stranger Things. And that kid could not have been better casted. Unless I would have to unless Christian would disagree with me, which I don't think. No, I, I absolutely agree.
1: I think you're absolutely right. She's from Stranger Things? Yes. I thought sure she was. About that?
0: No, but I was told she. The mostly, brother is from Stranger. Half the cast was from Stranger Things, is what I was
1: told, but I could be wrong. I mean, my fact checking is not bringing it up, but that's not saying much. Anyways, um, anyways,
0: McKenna Grace uh, does a fantastic job of being a very young, like twelve, I think, or thirteen. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Um, yeah, because she actually said the movie, she I'm does. 12 years old. Yes, that's correct. Um, <clears throat> she does an amazing job of being a 12-year-old Egon.
1: Uh, she plays young Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel.
0: Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh. But well, she was not in Stranger Things.
1: I, I'm not seeing it anymore. Oh, long.
0: well then I guess I was misinformed. She was in
1: young Sheldon. Well, that makes um, sense. But no, not Stranger Things. Hmm, like, that- like you said, a bunch of the rest of the cast is, but... I don't see her on here anywhere, and somebody might correct that, but...
0: No, if it's not on IMDb, well, it's Well,
1: that's not it. Um, I'm gonna defer. Finn well, Wolfhard, who's your brother to you. Yes. Get. I've,
0: I've never actually watched an entire episode of
1: Stranger Things. I've never gotten into it. I've gotten through, like, the first two episodes, and not lost interest, but... It's one of those things that just came up at times where I was into other stuff and, and so I didn't jump on. And right now there are listeners <laughs> screaming what
0: horrible people we are that we haven't watched and love Stranger Things, but that's okay. Everybody can like what they like.
1: Yeah. Again, it's that, not that I don't think I would enjoy it. I just haven't gotten
0: I just haven't gotten it's, into it's it yet either. List.
1: I promise, it's on the list. The list, that that's list getting is a horrible
0: thing. Longer and longer and, and longer and longer. Scratches and it's all crumpled. and <laughs> yeah, it's it's in your back pocket It's falling apart. But uh so anyways, uh the young girl, uh, the the older brother Finn Finn what? Anyways, it uh, doesn't Wolf-Hard. matter. Wolfhard. Wolfhard? Wolfhard. Wolfhard, not, not Wolfhart. Wolfhard is what I said, <laughs> but uh Finn Wolfhard um he did a good enough job, but that character could have probably been played by anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty open character. I think he did a, a reasonable job it, it, with a character that didn't have much to Yeah, he was pretty...
0: I found a girl that I think is pretty in the new girl. And he, like, for a 15-year-old to bounce up and run in and try and hit on a waitress, that's that's pretty new atypical. Credit, yeah. <laughs> like, I give the kid credit. He he went for it right off the top. And that's I was like, wow, this kid's diving in full bore here. Okay, guess we're doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, but as a as a character, I don't feel like Trevor had much much play. Obviously, he was important to what's going. On. He's part of Egon's family, and and so it ties in. But Phoebe is really the central focus of of what's happening. Yeah, because she is mini, mini she's yeah. she's
0: mini Spengler, yeah. and if she had known her grandfather, oh, they probably have besties, would have been best friends.
1: Absolutely. Um, Spending hours of silence together.
0: (laughs) Exactly, without any problem whatsoever. Um, So they move, they occupy the house. Uh, As soon as they get there, there's an earthquake. Yeah. And the earthquake shakes for about, I don't know, a minute. And then, okay, off we go. We're running. Which was a great way to
1: tie in... uh,
0: uh, Paul Rudd's character as well, right? Because Paul Rudd's character turns out to be a seismologist. a seismologist, and that's why he's
1: interested in being where. He and, is.
0: and that's why he's in that town is to figure out why, when there's nowhere near a tectonic plate or an active volcano, the town is getting earthquakes. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be shaking. There's no geological reason why, and he's trying to figure things out.
1: Yeah.
0: And so he's there as a substitute or a summer school science teacher. Yeah with kids who don't give a crap. So like I said, he just puts horror movies on. Puts it on and the school as his own personal lab. As a lab, exactly. He's only there for the equipment and the uh, space to work. Well, of course, Phoebe, being super, super brilliant, is instantly bored of a movie
1: that she's probably seen or doesn't care for. Which is a, also a great, like this, that tie-in with finding out he's a seismologist and him like explaining seismology to her and her just looking like, yeah, yeah. I'm not stupid. <laughs> well, and it's funny because it's like you need to explain that for the rest of us, <laughs> which is really great. Okay, this is what that looks like. All right, yeah, this is what that looks like. The exposition for us <laughs> in the audience were like, all right, cool. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Wrong, yeah.
0: <laughs> the exposition was necessary, but then instantly made fun so of, well which done. is great. It's, it's so, so well done. done. She walks up and goes, is, "What is this a seismic map?" And he goes, uh, yeah? (laughs) Because he's not, again, I don't want to use the term, but they use it in the movie. He goes, yeah, these kids are stupid. They don't care. They don't want to learn. So I don't really care. I just put in the time and, you know, give them a C and they're happy type of thing. But when he actually gets an intelligent student walking in, he doesn't know what to do with them exactly. But Phoebe also meets her first friend. Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) And, and no,
1: this is not a <laughs> an advertisement for the podcast. I actually kind of want to look it
0: up and see if there is a podcast they made to do tie-in. That'd be funny as that hell was. if they did a tie-in. Um, but anyways, this kid, You're he's 12 trainer. years old or so, he walks around with uh, recording equipment at all times and narrates things to add some color and drama. But uh, he's you know relatively harmless, another nerdy geek kid that they sort of bond and become friends, which <clears> is great. Uh, Mom is just trying to do the best she can, Uh, doesn't know how to handle her uh, nerdy kid, as a lot of moms don't.
1: Yeah, mom's just struggling to keep her nose above water at this point, not even her head, just her nose so she can keep breathing, because things just keep spiraling downward for this woman. Um, you know, and, and they don't do a lot of exposition on her, um, just enough. So it's like, well, what happened between you and Egon? Well, he took up and what happened between where, where's dad? Like, (laughs) and they don't even touch on who mom was, right? Like, at least I don't think they do. No, not really. No, No, they basically sort
0: of, uh, your character is single mom Daughter of a father that ran off and no explanation why, even yeah. though he was slightly famous for a little bit, and your husband's kind of a douche nozzle, and he's
1: out of the picture. But enough so the a bit of the problem, too, was, or not the problem, a bit of the exposition to her as well, is that he took off and she doesn't even know why, yeah. right? She doesn't know anything about her dad, really. It's like the whole Ghostbuster thing, he's... You know, quasi-famous, well, you know, there doesn't seem to be much knowledge of that, right? So that was obviously an afterthought to... And also you know. kept from the kids. Yeah. Right? And so the whole thing in general was very... Egon was Egon. He just didn't talk about <coughs> things a lot, right? Um So when he took off, he took off without explaining himself to anybody. Yeah, he just, <laughs>
0: I have to leave and yeah. there was no reason. Um, so during the first earthquake, they all jump under the, under the, uh, dining room table, uh, where you get the clip from the, uh, from the trailer. Hey, remember that summer we all died under a table? <laughs> Which is funny, but again, it was ruined by the trailer, so nobody was not expecting it. But Phoebe notices PK meter that had fallen underneath Egon's chair that he was murdered in. So she picks it up. It starts to react. So she doesn't know what it is, but she throws it on the shelf. I'll fool with it later type of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, after the first day meeting the teacher, the seismologist, blah, blah, blah. um, The PK meter goes off and the chessboard falls over. She gets up out of bed, sets it all back up. And when she wakes up in the morning, one of the pieces is moved in an opening Mm gambit. To which, instead of going, huh, that's weird. She just... Plays the next move. Yeah,
1: it's like, <laughs> just cute. like all right, whatever.
0: Um, then they end up going and and you know meeting some other people, running around. The the brother gets a job. And- Which the
1: chessboard thing, by the way, beautifully subtly unsubtle. Right, it's obvious to everybody involved that well, of course, it's it has to be. You right? Absolutely. He's he's connecting with his granddaughter. This yeah. is a beautiful bit of story happening here. And she doesn't even realize it. Oh my gosh. But like really, really just again, subtly unsubtle. It's, it's there. It's subtle to her. And then from the exposition from our side is like, oh! Yeah. That's so touching, cool. That's your So you touch it? <laughs> Wiping your eyes. Yeah.
0: Quite that bad, but yeah. Um... So then, uh, the the brother gets hauled out with the new friends from work to go up top of Shandor, the mountain that Shandor Mines is in, and they experience the scariness thing and they get all freaked out and leave. Yeah. Well, brother's desperately wanting a license and a car. He goes rooting around, finds. Back to one mothballed in the garage. Yeah. So
1: I guess he's kind of a car... He must be because, again, they don't really dig his character that much because somehow he knows how to get this thing running. Well, I'm assuming that he is a... Um, More so than just turning the key. Yeah.
0: So we never really get into why this kid knows cars, but I'm, I'm going to assume that... The nerd doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. He just channeled his into car engineering and she, hers, and and Phoebe into mechanical engineering. Yeah. So this kid likes to tinker, likes to play with cars and stuff like that. Phoebe likes to play with high voltage electricity. and, And is an order of magnitude smarter than her brother? But her brother's not an idiot. No. He's not like the, it's not like young Sheldon where he's like bizarrely smart and his sister and brother are normal or yeah. dumb depending on how you look at it. So he he's a person who obviously has a passion for vehicles even though he failed his driving test three times, three times. at 15 which from a Canadian standpoint you're like not even old enough to get your driver's license yet but I guess wherever they were you you can get it at 15. Um learner's permits are different Potentially. Eventually. So he finds the after one and he says, Well, there's no other vehicles around here that might look like they might even at all work, so we're gonna get you get you worked up
1: and fixed up. <clears throat> Which I think works really well in that end too, because to try and squeeze that into Phoebe's discovery of self would have been laborious. Right? It would have been too much. <laughs> yeah. Now she has
0: to now she has to only has to fix this, that and the other thing, now she's gotta fix the car. Yeah. Yeah, Now it's too much. Let the brother handle that. Um, and he needs a thing. Let's give him a thing. we got to give him a buy in as a Ghostbuster here. Come exactly. on. <laughs> there has to be a reason, exactly. Uh, so he works to get up to one back up and running, which he eventually does, with, it appears, the help of Grandpa, who connects a wire for him and gets things started yeah. and gets her working again. So good for Grandpa and, uh, and Trevor. Meanwhile, uh, Phoebe's going to bed. And when she gets home, she sees another chess piece moved. Yeah. So she moves the next one and takes a pawn and then watches as the knight lifts off the table, moves over, and then fires the knight knight across the room. (laughs) Coincidentally, at the PK meter, which is now going off. Yeah. So she grabs the PK meter, follows it and Egon spirit goes along clicking on lights and basically doing the ghost, doing thing. the ghosting to but to <laughs> lead her to the trap yeah which is in a hidden uh, hidden compartment in the floor of the
1: house under a puzzle which was kind under of- a
0: puzzle which it's her puzzles are her yeah. things um, so she was the only one who would have been able to find it with his help. And she takes it to school the next day to show podcasts. And they are trying to break into it. And they can't get in. And then the science teacher walks out and goes, whoa, cool model or cool replica. Great replica. <laughs> and then he realizes after examining it that, A, the kids have no idea what he's talking about. Because <laughs> they don't know anything about the uh, Ghostbusters in the 80s. They have no clue. Yeah. And then... They uh they decide they're gonna try and open it, and they end up hot wiring it to a bus to open and accidentally release the spirit yeah. of Gozer or Vince Portho, whichever mm-hmm. one it is. Let's just say one of the dogs. Yeah. <clears throat> if we don't have a specific gender of the dog that we know, then it's just the dog. <laughs> release one of the dog, the hell dogs back, and it goes straight for the mountain. Mm-hmm. Which starts to cause problems inside the mountain. Um, so the kids track up there to go look at the mountain, go inside and check everything out. There's a big, um, there's a big uh, wall that is covered in carvings of Gozer and you know the uh, the sentinel dogs and a temple and all kinds of stuff, and it appears to be cracking which is not good. Never is good when those things are cracked. <clears throat> <laughs> which which reminds me just okay, we tangented. Woo! Finally did it. 28 minutes in. <laughs> um I saw this great clip of divers bringing up this uh tablet off the ocean floor that's covered in uh it's black marble and it's covered in Egyptian writing. Okay. And everybody online's going put it back it's 2021 we don't need anything else put it back (laughs) i don't know what it is you don't know what it is put it back where you found it and hope it reseals itself which is you know just funny to me but anyways so they go about learning what they can about the ghostbusters they learn what they can about gozer and stuff like that because uh they're looking through egon's old books and podcast discovers that there he's got illustrations. He did some digging. He did, he did some, some digging. digging? Yeah. <laughs> so, so they end up going, and uh, the next night, they Egon traces down and guides Phoebe into his underground lab, where he's got all his bits and pieces, and Phoebe. Doesn't even seem to notice or care that there's a ghost helping her. She, she's just like, all right, whatever, okay, cool, cool, <laughs> that's cool. So he goes downstairs. She finds, um, just a, a hilarious bit. She finds one of the proton packs yeah. that's broken. She pulls it apart and says, "It's missing these pieces." He slides slides open over 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 a drawer she goes, thanks. she goes, "Thanks," because I need a pair of needle nose pliers and the light. light and just basically a light on a on a <laughs> on an arm. That's going to do things. And she pulls up, she goes, how did you get a cyclotron so small? And the thing just wings up onto the wall where all his like engineering his doctorates and stuff are. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, all right, fine, whatever. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and so she repairs. She repairs the, uh, the thrower and she and podcast go out the next day to test out the proton pack.
1: This is where I came up with an issue. Just a small one. Okay. The okay. fact that she stayed on her feet when she fired that thing.
0: Uh, no, uh. I, don't have, I don't have a problem with that because it's got a kick. Yeah. But that giant kick <clears throat> came from Answer the Call.
1: No, I get that. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying she should have been flying all over, you know, Melissa McCarthy style. I'm just saying she stayed planted. Well, she, she didn't even move the, as soon as, like, when it came off the first time. She had her feet planted and boom, hits the thing. I expected her to at least, whoa, you know, because even you fire a gun and, for the first time and it's more of a kick than you were expecting. Right, but the first pack shouldn't actually have a
0: kick. When it comes in contact with something, once it does, it'll be feedback. But it shouldn't like just firing it in the air. But she wasn't. She was
1: firing it at. I get that. That's
0: where I was. Yeah. So, anyways, "Mm -hmm." a little bit of something about that. She she got a bit of a a little bit of a kick, but she was braced for it. Let's call it that. Anyways, she melts the thing they were firing at. Then they hear a noise, and then they go to investigate the noise, and then they find. Nope, not Slimer. Not Slimer. Muncher. Muncher. <laughs> which is Slimer's cousin, as far as we can tell. And he just likes to eat metal.
1: Yeah.
0: Which comes in comes in handy later on in the movie, but right now the, she just tries to get the the uh, capture the ghost. Yeah. So she probably he run around she,
1: blowing stuff up. They run to around him. blowing
0: stuff up, Managed to uh, snag him yeah. in the stream. Uh, but podcast can't seem to get the trap open properly,
1: so he gets away. Don't you hate when that happens? You can't get the, Just trap, can't open. Get the trap open. So performance issues under pressure, man.
0: So, so Big Brother. This is where Big Brother gets the Ecto one back up and running again, which made me very happy. Now, again, there are certain things that I saw coming a mile away. Like, there's a moment, you get to the moment and you're like, oh, here's what's going to happen now. It writes itself. Yeah. You could not. Getting out to one, you finally see it as it bursts out of the garage and goes tearing about the uh, the weed fields, yeah. which is great, except he then launches it by accident onto the roadway where his sister and podcast happened to be, and they're just like, oh, hey, how are you? we're All right. <laughs> So they're now tracking Muncher as he's gone into town. They hear on the radio, uh, there's a dog loose eating somebody's truck. They don't know what it is. So they start going along, chasing this, looking for this ghost and then chasing it. Now, this was in the trailer and I was super happy to see it. But Phoebe straps herself in, touches the button and realizes there's a gunner seat in Ecto-1. And Christian said that was new, and I said, "Actually, no, it's not." Um, actually, as, soon uh, as you
1: pointed out, I realized my mistake. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> the gunner You're seat. I know the toys better. <laughs> yeah, the gunner seat came in the Ecto One toy. It yeah. was a thing that legitimately was, and I think was supposed to be part of two originally, but they didn't have a reason to chase it down. You find a
1: good reason to put it in,
0: yeah. So the I, I can't remember if the gunner seat should no the gunner sheet didn't show up in the video game either. I don't know. I, I I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I I think I'd remember that. But uh, they discover not only that, they also discover a remote control trap that apparently has killer batteries and motors in it since it was keeping up with the speeding car.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but suspension of disbelief, I get it. Uh, So they go and they finally manage to trap the ghost, but not before destroying
1: a large portion of the town. I mean, in fairness, any of the technical issues that you would mentally have problems with engineering wise, you can literally write off to that light up on the wall. thing. (laughs) And I feel like that's a great subtle nod to how did you get this to work that way? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think you remember yeah. that. I'm really smart. So, and it, it just brings up the same thing. as How did he get, how did they get like a, a trap on an RC car to keep up with a car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, of course, because they've driven through town at high speeds and doing damage and nobody believing there's a ghost, they all get arrested. Yeah. Uh, they go to jail. They get all their stuff confiscated. There's a big standoff where Phoebe's really angry and wanting to go and start something. And her mother just says, no, get in the car. Terribly sorry, officer. And they confiscate. She on
1: her. the proton pack and points at the officer. Nope, 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 nope.
0: I'm sorry, <laughs> officer. She's a little cranky. I'm going to take your her hand. <laughs> you keep that. So all their stuff that they have access to is locked up. Okay. Um, so they go back, mom and daughter have a talk, grump, 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 blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, that night, she, of course, because there's only two, uh, adults that are of any consequence in the movie, they have to go out on a date. Of course. Because that's the law of movies. I think it's a little hack, but again, it is what it is. It's a cute little love story, tertiary or coarsely pot plot line. Not a big deal. Um, And so all this happens while they're out on a date. So Paul Rudd is, you know, along for the ride with mom to pick up the kids at the police station. They have a lovely time before that. He wants to go over there again. She's like, you really want part of this? And he's like, this was a great night. We talking about, we had, Kung Pao Shrimp and uh, went to jail. It was a great night. It was awesome. So, later on that night, Paul Rudd is at Walmart and this is where Christian couldn't stop giggling. (laughs) Uh, We go to Walmart. He's picking up some ice cream and stuff and he gets to the candy aisle and lo and behold, Stay Puft marshmallows are still a thing in that universe. (laughs) And they start growing arms and legs and each little marshmallow is becoming one of the
1: state Puff marshmallow men. Somehow the state marshmallow company managed to survive the PR nightmare of a gigantic marshmallow man destroying half of New York. Well, I'm, I'm willing to
0: bet that state buff doesn't do well in New York state right now, but in Oklahoma, nobody cares about nobody New York. Yeah. So I'm sure they're still doing well, just well and good in middle America. So all the marshmallows in all the bags start popping up into these tiny little marshmallows which give you a reminiscence give you a bit of a reminiscence of the um oh adipose from Doctor Who uh, they're all they're just little anthropomorphic marshmallows that are doing some crazy stuff like just the sequence with all the marshmallows is hilarious
1: that sequence alone is worth just watching. It's worth the movie, movie, movie.
0: I'm not even going to go into <laughs> details on that because it's too funny. Face yeah. <laughs> stabbing and roasting. There's and all things. kinds of fun oh, stuff so in it. You'll enjoy that part of it a lot. So <laughs> So is he's trying to get away from all these marshmallows that are trying to eat him, as you can yeah. figure out. He turns around the corner and runs into good old Vince Corso, the Keymaster, who looks at him and goes, "Hey, you've got the parts I need. You're mine!" and chases him down the parking lot and possesses
1: him. And super disappointed that the whole the whole movie goes without anybody going. Like, I am the Keymaster. <laughs> I am the gatekeeper.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really kind of surprised they didn't do that when they meet up. Yeah. But anyways, um, mom <clears throat> is uh, at home alone, and she finds the PK meter, and it goes off. Now, I can't imagine that she didn't know what a PK meter was. If her dad was a Ghostbuster, because he didn't stop after uh, after Vigo and never doing it again. They continued on for a while. You find out later. Um, actually, you find out now because while they're in jail, Phoebe gets one phone call and she writes down 555-1212 or whatever the number was. We're ready to believe you. And the number is still active and attached to Ray's Cult Bookshop. That he had in, in number two. And she talks to him about what happened. Weren't you a Ghostbuster? I'm the granddaughter of Egon. Where she goes, it's about Egon Spengler. And he says, Egon can rot in hell. Well, he died Well, last he week. died last <laughs> week. And he's like, oh, no, that's, that's not cool. Yeah. And they find out a little bit about what happened and why Ghostbusters broke up and why Egon went a little nutso believing about the apocalypse and the end of the world coming again which they're like well we already dealt with that so i don't know what you're still on about and it kind of created a rift and peter went back into academia and is actually a professor of emeritus now um in marketing and promotion yeah because that's what he's good at yeah uh, went and became a businessman a very successful businessman, which they
1: don't—they don't really shed any light on. They just—he has a very successful business. That's all. He's the one who saved save, stay <laughs> <laughs> He bought
0: stay at fire sale prices <laughs> and kept it going. Um, no, so we don't really know what Egar or what uh, Zetamore does, but he's very successful. Is all we know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, oh, we did manage to miss a cameo. Right when they first come into the house, up comes Annie Potts. As uh, yeah. Janine Melnick. Um, so the only the only person from the original movie you don't see is Rick Moranis. And that's because that's Rick doesn't do movies anymore. He doesn't act anymore. Yeah, he's,
1: he's retired.
0: He's retired completely with the odd, odd, odd exception. And it has to be something pretty spectacular like the 25th anniversary of Bob and Doug McKenzie for him to come out of seclusion. You know why he went. No, His wife got cancer. Okay. And and so he left to help left the acting to help take care of her. And when she passed away, his kids were still pretty young, so he said, No, I'm out. I'm staying home and, and you You're know, taking dad. care of my yeah. kids. I'm a dad now. <clears throat> now he's apparently getting back out and doing uh some music.
1: Oh
0: really? He's he's in a couple, he's in a band and they do some music stuff, but he still doesn't want to come back to acting. He's sort of I've done what I wanted to do, I'm out. So, uh, more power to him. Yeah, I mean, it's not I like mean, he needed yeah, any money. Yeah, no, it's make, a, make an informed decision with what you want, right? And as much as I would like to see Rick Moranis back in acting, uh, you know, it's his choice. It's his life. And and I cannot I cannot say anything about his choice.
1: Well, I, I have to say that what acting in general is, and a lot of people tend to lean the other way, is there's a there's a big pressure on certain actors, especially when you've played iconic parts. Right. Right. To be like, but you owe it to the industry. You know, actors don't owe anything to the industry. <laughs> they owe their fame and their, their money to it. But they don't have any obligation to give yeah. any of that back or, or to, you know, to squander <laughs> their own, just, you know, throw away their own choices in life. To, like you said, with are deciding to step back from it. You can't hold that against him. He's, no, you he's can't. Made a good decision for himself. He's he's done what he wants to do, and he's he doesn't know it to anybody for himself and his family, and that's
0: perfect for him. Now it's sad to see him not in this movie, sure, yeah. but you know everybody else has sort of grown and matured. I don't know that Louis uh, Louis Sully could mm, blend out to be a decent non caricature version. Yeah, like he, there's. I don't really see him growing the um i don't see that character growing the uh social skills yeah to become charming and well-cultured he'd still have to play <laughs> the same kind of goofy yeah. insurance guy that well, that's uh, it. It sorry not it.
1: insurance he was an accountant yeah. and then a lawyer he, he wouldn't mm-hmm. have fitted in like you wouldn't have fit into the story as well and how yeah. do you How do you reintroduce that character into something? In the same way that the Sigourney Weaver cameo had to come into credits because... There's no way to put her in the story uh, properly. Yeah, where do we put (laughs) her into this? (laughs) Right? Even Janine's, like, well we had to explain her in somewhere and this is kind of the best
0: way. Yeah. They she kind of <laughs> went is, in and I mean, went away.
1: There's no other reason for her to be here. No. Right? She did her cameo and left type of thing. Yeah. Especially in a, in a situation where you take something out of its original setting and remove it. So physically far away. Right. Right. If they're all in New York, you can do the drop in, right? Oh, we're just going to see what was going on. No, you're in Oklahoma. There's no reason for these people to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So,
0: um, so anyways, she uh, mom goes and finds the secret room because Egon helps her down there, uh, tries to show her that he really did love her. There's a whole wall of photos of mom at various ages with very Egon-like notes, freckle count has doubled, you know, that kind of thing, like very, very Egon-centric ability to look at these photos. There's He's all over that board. Mm -hmm. but it proves to her that he actually did love her and he had to leave for a reason, Mm -hmm. even if he couldn't express it and didn't do it right. He left for a very good reason. Well, of course that gives just enough time for her to go, Oh, my dad does love me before she is, uh, possessed by Zool. So the kids get home, uh, after, uh, Oh, so the kids now have gone trying to figure out what's going on. They go back up to the mountain. Mm-hmm. And there's this rickety old lowering device that nobody's had the guts to use in who knows how many years. Although it seems that maybe not. Maybe this, Egon put that up and used it to go up and down. Because they discover a temple in the heart of the mountain. And there's a pit of death. is what they call it. The death pit. And you see uh, ectoplasmic or ghostly fire welling up. And once it gets to a certain height, four proton packs ignite, cross streams, and fire straight down into the pit, causing the entire mountain and everything around it to shake, hence discovering the reason for the uh, turbulence
1: and the. And the uh, earth shaking. And this also becomes a, the great opportunity within the temple to uh, to put patterns <coughs> in what's happened. Right. right with, there, the, with the years on the wall. As, as the they look,
0: there's a there. number of years on the wall. 1942, so 1883 or something. <coughs> yes. uh, 1984, which is when Ghostbusters came out. And then 2021, 2021, and then you can just see two zero zero something. something. So there's one more date on the timeline. You got one more in the can here, (laughs) ready to go. I hope so. Because, anyways, so they discover that this year is the apocalypse, something bad is going to happen. Um, and as they get home after the discovery, because they got to tell mom that what's going on. Um they go mom and very quiet, quietly you hear there is no mom, only Zool. And mom becomes Zool, she takes off, heads towards the mountain where she runs into Vince Clortho, who has possessed Paul Rudd, her boyfriend. Gruberson. Greg Gruberson Greg <laughs> Gruberson, yeah. Greg
1: Gruberson.
0: Uh <laughs> Gary. Gary Gary Gruberson. Gruberson. Gary Gruberson. Uh so they meet and you know insert key and lock, and open the door. So the kids run into town. They, they go downstairs. They get Ghostbuster outfits. They they race downtown. Downtown is going nuts because, of course, before they meet up, Vince Porso breaks the um, uh, breaks the proton pack trap
1: yeah.
0: and lets all the ghosts out. So the ghosts are going crazy. Police are nowhere to be found. They're screaming, running, hold on, yards. So they go to find Ecto-1, which is up on blocks, which they get down and get started. And they go to look for the proton pack and the captured ghost that's sitting in lockup. And when they get there, it's not only locked up, it's locked up in a high-security lockup that they cannot get through. So Podcast has a great idea of opening the trap and letting Muncher out. And Muncher, sure enough, pops out hits the metal eats the door and runs away and they can get their stuff so they're armed they're ready to go they've discovered their grandfather's plan by the time they get there gozer's already shown up um there's an evo shandor thing but i'm gonna leave that as a nice surprise for you um so uh, Phoebe goes out to distract Gozer yeah. and tells her some jokes.
1: <laughs> Which Phoebe's jokes are a little bit. They're
0: awesome, but also awesome great dad, dad jokes. They're hilariously <laughs> good dad jokes or nerd dad jokes anyways. <clears throat> um, so like I said, the grasshopper walks into a bar and the bartender says, hey, we got a drink named after you. And the grasshopper goes, you have a drink called Steve? Which is just <laughs> funny. To me, I think they're hilarious. Oh, but anyway,
1: the
0: <laughs> mom and the older brother don't think she's funny, no, which is really. part of the character bit. Um, <laughs> but Ghost is already out. Yeah. But what um podcast does is he
1: takes the um, remote control trap. <laughs> Why can't you trust in anything? And Adam tells you because they make up everything. <laughs> yeah, there's some great <laughs> jokes in there. Uh, so he sneaks
0: the trap, the trap underneath Zool, opens the trap, sucks Zool (laughs) into the trap, and mom is freed. They throw mom in the car and hightail it out of there with Zool in the box.
1: And I love that at this point mom's like, you know, there's a bit of catch up with what's going on. And then mom's like, all right, how can I help? (laughs) All right, I'm in. (laughs) My dad was a Ghostbuster. I'm pretty sure I can
0: figure this out. Let's go. So they get back to the house. They've realized that he wasn't farming dirt. He was planting traps. Yeah. And literally the entire ground all around the house is covered in ghost traps. Mm-hmm. So they get there. They are... Tempting Gozer and Zool, I have, you know, and Vince, I have Zool in the box. Come on. Come on. They tried to do the trap that Egon tried to do in the beginning and it also did not work and failed. So uh, Gozer snaps the trap in half, releases Zool, who now takes the brother's girlfriend because it was a closer girl to get into. And Gozer's not happy. Well, uh, Phoebe's about uh, the marshmallow men are destroying Ecto 1 and the built in uh, proton pack on the gutter seat. And um, the podcast is desperately trying to get rid of the little marshmallow buggers. <laughs> and everything. Eventually successful. Eventually <laughs> successful, but everything looks about right. We're there. Everything's about to go wrong, the things won't start the proton plaster won't do anything. Uh, gozers shrugging off the proton pack and nothing's happening. All is about to be lost. And up show the three remaining Ghostbusters where Ray (laughs) does his speech and, uh, you know, Bill Murray's like, great, great speech, Ray. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well done. Um, And they try and cross the streams to get Gozer again, and there's only three of them. So it's not quite enough, and Gozer grabs the streams and pulls them apart and throws them around. Eventually, they manage to collapse them again, and Phoebe shrugs on the other proton pack, And starts it fires at Gozer, who's about to kill the other two, three Ghostbusters. And they have a power struggle, a la Harry Potter and Voldemort, going back and forth with the power. And all of a sudden, you realize there's a ghostly hand holding her and steadying her. And it pulls around the corner, and you see probably the best CGI I think I've ever seen of Egon the Ghost. With his granddaughter. And it's amazing. And it's the first time in the film you see his face. You see his As face. Well. And he is 100% yeah. photo perfect. Like, you can't get a better... There's not even a hint that he might be CGI. Yeah. And so, the other three ghosters, Ghostbusters finally kick in. She walks over to them. They realize that Egon's there. And they're like, uh... Okay, hey. Uh, how's it going? Let's, let's do this. Brother... Manages to fire the capacitors, fire off all the uh, traps at once, captures gozers and all the ambient ghosts. Happy ending. Roll credit. They all get to. <laughs> they all get to say goodbye to uh, Egon properly. Yeah. There's a whole thing, and credits roll. Yeah. So those. This is the point where I get irrationally angry. Because I don't know how people do not understand to not leave the theater when the credits roll. I mean, you,
1: after as many
0: Marvel movies as we have
1: now, <coughs> how does anybody not learn this lesson? Exactly. <laughs> so
0: all a bunch of people around us got up and laughed, and Christian and I were like, we're not moving. Uh, uh. We know there's more <laughs> stuff going on. Because there's no way Towards that's the point,
1: to, to win the point, if you get to the end of a movie like that and you've watched the credits and there's nothing, you have every right to boo at the movie. Yeah. Boo! Well, what? You didn't like the movie? No, the movie was great, but this is garbage. There's yeah. supposed to be something here.
0: <laughs> and of course, uh, I'm actually not going to ruin it, even though this is a spoiler cast. Stay till the end. The end end. The end end. Do Don't just get up see corny Weaver and be satisfied. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going right to the end. <laughs> Keep going. End, end of the thing. Um, so there's some denouement at the end. There's a nice little cameo with Sigourney Weaver, but the end credit, end sequence, uh, literally sets up another movie. 100% sets up another movie. wasn't even a discussion. It is, oh, here, here's a treat. You want a treat? Come on. You're going to get another movie. Come on. Here's a treat. Uh, so they did a really good job of the movie. Now, thoughts. Christian, what's your thoughts on this? I
1: mean, I think it was really, really well done. I mean, it took something that, I mean, for an 80s movie, it like, the original had every right to be a B movie. And it became this A-list thing, right? It's kind of cult classic, you know, really popular thing without any expectation of that, right? And so I think they took this kind of campy... (laughs) feel in the filmography or cinematography of the original and said, all right, we're going to make a serious movie about this, but still have a little fun with it. And like, because you have to, it had to be a comedy. There's no way around making it a horror comedy. It
0: has to be a horror absolutely. movie. Absolutely. It can't be a straight horror movie because no. that would not work. No. Um And the benefit they had here was not only Dan Aykroyd writing uh, are being heavily involved in writing the script, writing, and producing uh, the whole. Deal. Jason Reitman, who is Ivan Reitman's son, was also writing and directing this. So that amount of love translates
1: well because it came out. I mean, the original came out so well because it was such a passion project, <laughs> right? Right, and I find that most really underrated well done films is the passion behind it shows through whether or not it makes trillions of dollars. Yeah. Right. It it comes out in that. And so they brought that passion back around as something and you can always see when Akiro talks about Ghostbusters. There's a there's a, a a love in his heart. You know, he has that special place in his heart for this franchise because it is, it was a passion from the beginning that he didn't know if anybody would even care about, right? And so the fact that other people love it so much just vindicates his passion, right? And so I think that came out really well, making something that was visually stunning for 2021, which is a hard thing to do, um, and taking great source material but not pandering on it, right? You had the Stay Puff guys, but we didn't play the big boys Stay puff walking through Somerville, right? Um, we didn't, we didn't even put Slimer in there, although we played with it a little bit, right? The, the little touches to that, um, really captured me and made, you know, and even especially the little nods for the super nerds that make you, like, <laughs> you. Yeah. They're like, there's a, <laughs> there's a really weathered advertising
0: for Stay buff marshmallows on one of the buildings. Yeah. Um, And they just
1: go zipping by it, and Ecto-1 at one point is just peeling around town. It's like, yes! And there's
0: there's so many nods to the original movie that it was actually kind of a fun game to go, oh, saw that one. Oh, there's another one. It's full of Easter eggs. Now, one of the Easter eggs that is really harder to see and enjoy, if you're not one of those people, which we already established that I am, is that the music was perfect. Mm -hmm. It reused a lot of the Elmer Bernstein stuff. And the the composer is named Rob Simonson and he lovingly took Bernstein stuff. Who's since passed. I'm pretty sure. uh, And done a treatment on it
1: that made the movie so much better. Yeah. And, and that's tough to do in a composing seat too, especially when you're doing a 30 to 40 year jump like that. Yeah. Right, you're talking about yeah, eighty four. It's twenty five. No, thirty five years, almost something like that. Yeah, almost thirty five years. Um, regardless, you're you're doing that big of a time jump on things <clears throat> and music style changes a bit. You know, it, the style of instrumentation used in composing yeah. and stuff, and so the the composition of the original has a complete eighties feel to it. Which made sense for the time, made it a great film. But to take that and carbon copy it into this film would have destroyed the film. Right. But they did an amazing
0: job of not using that. They they used marriage. a lot of the same themes and a lot of the same hooks in yeah. the music, but kept it going in a more modern feel and just modern feel made it a little smoother. Made it a little bit did a bit perfect smooth. like the, the the composition of the score is absolutely yeah. perfect. Fits one hundred percent. And I cannot highly enough mention that it's really, really well done. Um, So, final thoughts: If you loved Ghostbusters, you're absolutely going to love this. You're absolutely going to love it. This is the most loving and true to the original intent sequel that I've ever seen. They there was so much love, so much care taken in this movie that you it can't help but be right now some people are going to say that you know oh i've seen credits going well this totally ignores the fact of you know the last ghostbusters and well it should like we said that last ghostbusters is an alternate universe it was played for comedy not horror comedy yeah and it (laughs) was more it was considerably more slapstick
1: Well, and you also have, if if the argument is that it it discounts the last, Answer the Call as a Ghostbusters film, Answer the Call discounts Ghostbusters as a series. It takes a square one approach with a whole new cast of people and ignores the existence of the originals, right? So... Tough. Like (laughs) you know, there's no general way to say it. Too bad. Yeah. Right? This is this is not missing anything because that's not part of what's involved. And once again, the main character is a female. Yeah. So you can do
0: a female Ghostbusters and still truly love and enjoy the original and not make a mockery or a It basically, the last one thumbed its nose at all the history and said, we're starting and doing something ourselves and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And it didn't work that way. They failed. They fell flat. There was a number of reasons, but this has revived the Ghostbusters franchise due to, again, that little nice little hidden nod in the temple and in uh, the the closing sequence. There most definitely is going to be another one. I didn't see it. I'm assuming it's going to be 2025 is probably what we're looking at. Could be. Um, that's, it's, it's Potentially, that's where it's going to be. It has legs to go somewhere else. They've stopped the apocalypse this time, but what about next time? And here's the bigger question. Who stopped the last ones? The last All the other apocalypses. Who stopped them? Oh, the, uh,
1: yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting question. Like the
0: 1945 stuff, we know what went down in 1945.
1: We went... Um, <laughs> I, love, I love that part of it, too, as they're going through... Because they, they do do the expose on each of the years on the wall, right? Oh, this had Oh, well, that thing, uh, that volcano erupted or whatever, and that was... Oh, Krakatoa, right, yeah. You know, and, uh, oh, this year, oh, well, that thing... And, Nineteen forty-five. Well, what wasn't happening? Yeah, we we. (laughs) Nineteen forty-five was kind of busy.
0: (laughs) So the fact that there is the door open, and I can't imagine that they're waiting to see how this movie does. I'm thinking they're just going to say this movie is going to be amazing and incredible because there's
1: no way it wasn't. The interesting thing that I find, and this is through my experience with IMDb, is that most of the time they have, if something 2025 is what? Three years out now, yeah three and a half maybe, right? So you're looking at something that should at least have something sitting on there. And I just looked at it, it doesn't, they don't have anything up for it. Um, you know, untitled Ghostbusters sequel type thing, right? Yeah. Um, So nothing up on that yet. And so I do think they maybe are waiting to make sure there's a well received audience to this, right? And they've left themselves a huge opportunity, but I think they've left themselves the flexibility of what year is on that wall because again, they don't, as far as I can tell, you can't see anything past the 20 on that. Right. I only caught the two. You said you caught the twenty. I think right? I saw twenty. <clears throat> and so they left the other two open, and I'm like, okay, so they've left it available to well, if if we need to let this sit for another thirty-five years, we can do that. Well <laughs> hopefully a- we don't have to. <laughs> a-
0: according to GameSpot, co writer Gil Keenan said there's already been some talk about continuing the franchise. Yeah. They have lots of ideas how to they're excited by Trevor Phoebe Lucky and podcast. Um there's surprising ways in the future that the past can grow together side by side and separately we've had long conversations about how that can happen. We're totally excited by the fact by the end of Ghostbusters audience are invested in a new set of characters as worthy companions to the pantheon of ghostbusting. And that is true. These kids they're ghostbusters despite being children. Yeah. Almost in the same way the new Avengers were the children of the original Avengers? Yeah. Almost. Oh, that's a question. What? If Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray are still together, yeah. what happened to the kid? Oh, there's
1: an interesting question. Oh, oh. Ah, that's Yeah. yeah. Her uh, I was looking at the credit. She's credited as um Dana. No, no, no. She's credited as uh, her last name being kids. so they've they've obviously oh Beckman, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's she's Dana Beckman, yeah.
0: Okay, so they've married, and obviously he's either grown up or adopted. Well, I mean, the kid is kid's got to be in his thirties, thirties
1: now, right? So,
0: but That's he might be someone to bring in on the next movie too. Speculation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there there is closing thoughts. What what would you want to see? Develop into the next one going forward. I want to see Gozer and Vigo duke
0: it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're well, not I that. mean
1: obviously Phoebe's going to be a mainstay. I think, I think <coughs> keeping podcast in the mix is definitely. He's got so much room for exploration of character, right? I would love to. See, we we've we've crapped on Trevor a little bit today. I would love to see a bit more investment in what Trevor's investment is right? Um, and yeah, I think I'd love to see the kid come
0: back. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the kid now. Oscar. Oscar's Oscar. Oscar. There you go. I'd love to see Oscar come back. Uh, he could be a Gretchen old man. This is uh, joke <laughs> I have jokes. I have jokes. I think that we could definitely see Oscar come back and have him be a little screwed up.
1: Yeah.
0: Not... Completely, but have not like have flashbacks to being possessed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, even though he was a baby, it might be useful. um I'd, I think it'd be fun to see Yanosh come back for a minute or two, even as a cameo. Peter, um oh god, Nichols. Peter Nichols is such a fun actor. Mm-hmm. uh He can play damn near anything mm-hmm. from serious to crazy and and funny and silly. And and I'd like to see him come back. And I'd like to see. Gozer's dad, if that makes sense. Like Gozer, ha- is isn't the be all and end all. There has to be an above him,
1: yeah,
0: or above them because they're neither male nor female. I apologize. Uh, so if Gozer, basically, Gozer's been trapped yeah. in. It looks like he's been separated up into several different. Like he's been pulled apart, or they've been pulled apart. I couldn't tell a hundred percent. Yeah, but with that many traps soaking up ghosts and gozer being pulled apart it looked like
1: yeah
0: i don't know if the ghosts were coming and becoming gozer like they all coalesced to become gozer or gozer just had absorbed those ghosts and it was pulling them out i'm not sure which but if gozer is now in several different parts a do they get recombined in the laser containment system because in the ghostbusters cartoon it really wasn't like segmented jails. It was sort of a internal ghost sphere, like a ghost uh, world that all of the all of the ghosts just kind of hang out and float around. Yeah, in. essentially when you were trapping
1: them for plane shifting.
0: Yeah, you're plane shifting to somewhere else. And they actually had a thing where they let the, the uh, up <coughs> Marshmallow Man out because without Gozer's influence, he's just kind of a big dopey... Toddler who doesn't really know what's going on or why he's trapped in that place. Um, They did that in the, in the cartoon, which I know isn't Canon, but it's fun to think about. But if Gozer is recombined in the space, then what happens when their parents come back and want to know where their kid is? Yeah. That could be the big apocalypse at the end. I mean, there's so many ways to go with this, but I think I'd like to see the kids come back Mm -hmm. I'd like to see Oscar come back. And I'd like to see whichever Ghostbusters are still around come back and deal with things, which it looks like they should be able to do. Yeah, They may not be able to get Murray again. We don't know. You you never know if
1: Murray's going to show up. (laughs) Just said.
0: Oh, and although we did did briefly discuss this, uh, most people know, or maybe they don't, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis had a nasty nasty falling out after Groundhog Day. They didn't talk to each other for 20 years. They, like, Murray hated him. And these were guys who before that were really, really tight. Best of friends, super thick as thieves. They were tight.
1: Which is why you see them in so many things together. Yes.
0: And so, after that breakout, (laughs) I guess, I don't know if Harold asked for him or Bill came to him literally on his deathbed and they worked things out and they're sorry for all the missed time and you know it was really really touching well to see bill look at the ghost of harold and say i figured you'd be here it it kind of broke my heart a little yeah. bit like i was just like oh that is amazing yeah. like so well done so
1: well and i think that speaks a bit to the love story that this movie is to harold bernes yes right um, because you know that if he was still alive, he totally would have signed on.
0: And <laughs> even in the beginning, Ray was the heart of the Ghostbusters, yes. but Egon was the brain. Nothing would have happened without Egon. Yes. They would have gone, "Oh, there's ghosts. What are we going to do? We're
1: look at them, get them." There's no. Well, I think that's like that's one of the things that doesn't get talked about much is. Ghostbusters as a team is actually one of the most well-rounded teams of people. If you but- by accident,
0: if you were <laughs> looking at a D anD D team to put together,
1: yeah.
0: that you've got it. Yeah, you've got the tinkerer. You've got the um, the heart of
1: the matter, which would be I don't know. Well, I mean, you're looking at Egon knows knows his stuff, right? He, yeah, he's building the things that are necessary to do the job, right? You've got uh, Venkman who just knows how to sell the service, which was necessary, right? Yeah. He's the people person, right? You're bard. He's will, the bard, yeah. right. Uh, you've got um, Raise a Paladin. Dance, thank you. <laughs> Raise a Paladin. Raise the Paladin because he's just so passionate about this needs to be done. And he's this got is that real. Heart. I believe it. This has to be a thing. Right? Absolute Paladin and then, you know, Zedemore. What's, what's he playing? Well, he's the, he's a sex appeal, so
0: <laughs> he would be. I think he's more of a generic fighter. Yeah, like he he just he's just a
1: he's a tank. Well, as a character, he keeps everybody on track.
0: Yeah, he's right. The,
1: because you've got three guys who mm-hmm. can go in three very different directions, and they had to introduce this catalyst to be like, okay, but guys. Let's focus a little. Yeah. Let's focus. Yeah, this, what's going to happen? This gonna thing have, is going to kill us. We need to focus. Let's, let's get it together <laughs> here, boys. Yeah, you know? so, and you do need that guy in every group to be that. Yeah, that's great. You got a cool gadget. We'll figure out how to use it. You're excited about doing this thing, and you're talking to the chick. Pay attention. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and I'm pretty. I'm going to go on a limb and say Bill Murray did not have any lines given to him. They oh, went no, go you be do your thing. <laughs> go be Venkman, yeah, <laughs> and whatever comes out of his mouth, they're gonna let it go, and and it'll be fine. They probably did twenty different takes of everything and found one they liked. I
1: mean, that's most of how they they filmed Stripes in the first place, and <laughs> that's a lot of how his original run is. Well, same as, as Meatballs right? as well. right? They, yeah, a lot yeah. of his work in the, in the eighties, especially, was candid. Right? They wrote lines for him, but he kind of he kind of looked at him and went. I can do better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give me
0: it. this, right, this give is me what three takes. you. Right, this is this. what you want to happen, <laughs> especially something like uh, the original uh, Caddyshack too. Yeah. They just went, go be crazy, Bill, have fun, and we'll film it and see we'll, what we can we'll, get out of it. We'll write around it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. The long and the short of it is run out and see the movie again if you haven't already seen it. If you haven't already seen it, why did you listen to this
1: podcast? You shouldn't be at this point yet. You shouldn't (laughs) be here
0: yet. Um, I cannot wait to get it on video and watch it many more times. Yeah, It's
1: definitely one that I'm not going to rely on stream for. It's going to be on the shelf. Yes, it has
0: to be on the shelf with the the others. others. I should probably get the others on the shelf at some
1: point. I haven't done that yet.
0: Well, I mean, don't worry. Others. When it comes up, it'll be it'll be <laughs> they'll be re-released. A, they'll they'll re-release stuff. it as a trilogy that you can box set that you can buy. Yeah. I think I bought the box set of the two of them. So, yeah, uh, go. Uh, if you enjoyed it, if you find anything different what we've said, we didn't really go. Cre- we, we mostly just talk plot. Yeah. So many Easter eggs. Yeah. So many things to enjoy. There's a lot of back-behind-the-scenes stuff that we could bring up at some point, but we're already way past what we normally do. Um, we might talk about it again and pull out some of the Easter eggs directly. I'm sure it'll come around in the conversation too.
1: It'll be a tangent.
0: It's it's <laughs> going to be a tangent that comes out frequently because, as far as I'm concerned, this is the only truly wonderful successor to that amazing movie that came out in the 80s. Yeah. If this went from Ghostbusters one to Afterlife with nothing in between, I'd be satisfied. I'd be satisfied yeah. having another Ghostbuster story. Okay, but it's, it's again, like Indiana Jones, we talked about. Temple of Doom was just another Indiana Jones story. It really had nothing to do with the timeline. Yeah. It was just a story that they did. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the way they're treating Ghostbusters too as well. It's just like, yep, that's a thing we did, but it doesn't have anything to do with Evo Shandor. This is the Shandorian curse, yeah. as they said. This just goes along. And this is linear. Anything else is sort of a wobble around or a parallel universe. Yeah.
1: All right. Although
0: Ghostbusters, the video game, if you have not played it, go get it because it is. If you take two out, it is success. It is the worthy successor of two.
1: Yeah.
0: Because it also follows the Shandorian uh, timeline, so it, it's a great pull through. A lot of again, a lot of really nice talk to the a really nice. Uh, Nods to the original movie. And if they had filmed that as number two, it would have been, or number three, it would have been super successful because it's a great story. So moving along, number three is amazing. Hopefully we'll get a number four. I can't can't see any reason why we wouldn't because this is going to be a very successful movie.
1: All right, so that's our spoiler cast. There are no spoilers from here on in, so listen freely.
0: Well, that wraps it up for this topic. However, the list of topics is ever-growing. So if you have a show idea or a topic you think we should discuss, please send it to christian at frugaldutchman.com.
1: Or join us on Facebook, TFDATC. That's the Frugal Dutchman at the counter. So
0: join us once again. We're nerdy isn't dirty. It's a badge of honor. For Christian, I'm Marcus. For
1: Marcus, I'm Christian. And we'll see you at at the counter. counter.